We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partners in crime, former Los Angeles Rams offensive back Michael Stewart and Tommy Avant. Hey guys, welcome to preseason week nine. I mean, oh sorry, it was just week nine. I thought it was a preseason game today. Didn't you? Tommy? <laughs> Didn't you? Tommy? I did. I thought I was watching preseason. We weren't. That wasn't a preseason game. You sure? What month is it? Oh, I mean, it's it felt November. like it. E- felt like it, especially since that's how the Rams played during the preseason. I just want to point that out. But um, yeah, ugly, ugly. Rams lose today to the Packers in Green Bay, twenty to three. Brutal. It tells you how valuable having. Actual starters, it is. You just can't plug anybody in the NFL. Uh, first thoughts. We'll go right to Mike. Mike, what was your first thought? Well, you guys have hit it on the head. It definitely looked like a, I don't even know if it looked like preseason, maybe looked like an inner squad practice. Uh, and it's crazy because, you know, it wasn't like Jordan Love was lighting it up, but. Again, uh, twenty to three loss. It it just I, I'm still trying to understand the idea of knowing that these guys are in meetings, 
have a uh, plan for the game, uh, film, iPads, laptops, whatever they're using to watch film on. And it just is, it's just interesting to see a professional team just not look like a professional team. I don't know. What do you guys think? Tommy? I just, my expectations are exactly what they were before the season started. So I have no emotions about this season. Four and 13 was my prediction. We are three and six. Okay. The injuries were starting to pile up. And people would ask me before the season when I would, you know, give such a low output on the wins, you know, why so low? Why only four? You know, some of them were like, oh, I see at least seven or eight, maybe nine in there. Yeah, sure. But you got to factor in the 17 games and what happens within those 17 games. A lot of times, Players get injured. You don't all, you're not going to have your starting 22 for 17 games. It's very rare. And seeing, you know, what happened last year with injuries, I, I saw, you know, and with what we were rolling out this year, you know, Stafford, like I always say, Stafford's one hit away, one hit away from a lot of things. And that's kind of what, my reasoning was for the low output on the wins as I thought guys would get hurt. You know, Stafford didn't play today. Shocker. Can almost kind of see this stuff coming a little bit. If you just read the tea leaves. So I wasn't upset about the loss at all. I predicted us to win four games. I'm just enjoying watching the young guys. We drafted this year and maybe a few from the previous draft. Um, I'm just watching them grow. I'm enjoying that. Basically, that's what my whole goal was this season was to watch this team grow and see if we could get anything out of the young guys going into 2024. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I I think that uh, it reminds me of Denny Green when he was talking about, I think, the Bears or something. He goes, "Uh, we played them in the preseason. They are who we thought they were. If you want to crown them, crown them. <laughs> and so that's what they are. I mean, we, we talked about it early on. I believe we went down the list of all the games. We said more likely than not going to Green Bay probably would be, you know, a loss just because you're playing on the road, so on and so forth. So, but I just look at, you know, you see a game where the Vikings pick up a dude Josh Dobbs, get him in there on Tuesday. Dude drives the team down, scores two or three touchdowns, throwing, scores one himself, and and a winning drive down the stretch. And you go, okay, man, there's no way. I know this guy is smart, aerospace engineer guy, and he's been picked up from a number of teams probably because he has a reputation to be able to retain some things, but a guy can come in on a Tuesday off day, got two days of practice, and you engineer a pretty decisive win. I would just hope that here we are, the Rams. It just seemed like, you know, we're just not playing like a professional football team. And I agree. You know, some of the young guys are really developing. So you can see what can be given 
you know, next year, maybe the following year. But it's just coaching wise, it just is interesting to me that that it just doesn't seem like we can get more out of our guys. Uh, what do I you wanna, think, Derek? I want to kind of go a little bit in a different path. Just uh, I don't know if I'm necessarily disagreeing or just thinking a little differently. Well, you mentioned the Vikings and Dobbs and and the Vikings go out and trade with division rival, our division rival Cardinals to get Dobbs over there. Rams didn't make a move like that. But I would argue that with the Vikings, they came in this game today, four and four. They're in a weak division. Really right now it's only Detroit who's a threat. And they have an easier path to the playoffs with guys on their roster right now who can help them win. That defense is solid in Minnesota. Not great, but solid. You have TJ Hawkinson at tight end. You have an, an offensive line intact. You have, in a couple of weeks, the best receiver in, in football is coming back off the injured list. And so to me, there's more of a need to get some kind of quarterback in them that can, that can help you win now. For the Rams, with $75 million in dead cat space, there isn't this massive need to go try and bring somebody in to help you win now. So, you know, it's just a different situation. You still want to see these guys grow. And when we're going back to what Mike was talking about, the, you know, and what you're talking about, they are who they thought they were. And, and you had them at three and, you know, at four and 13. Uh, at, yeah, four and 13, Tommy. And, you know, you and I were both in the same boat. I think we all were. And they're kind of moving down that path now. It's just taking them longer to get there. You have $75 million in dead cap space you've got to work with this year. I'm not saying they're tanking. I know, you know, we're seeing a couple of other podcasters on, on Twitter right now talking about what people are saying they're tanking. I don't think they're tanking. They're clearly trying, at least defensively. Um, but when you only have so much depth on your roster, when you are now, I don't care if anybody says you are rebuilding. Stop saying they're not rebuilding. They are. They can say they're not rebuilding. We know they are. But they are rebuilding. They don't have tier one talent there yet. So when guys go down, like Tommy, you were, you were running down this, this list of people beforehand who were hurt, are middle, are in middle linebacker, are right tackle, course Stafford's out. Yes, those guys, when they're missing, all that frontline talent you got is gone. You're bringing, the, you're bringing in like, the C team, guys who were fourth and fifth round picks, who you're just trying to develop now. That's the situation. And no matter how we look at this schedule moving forward, it, on paper, most teams are going to have more talent. There's a nucleus here, but if we're talking depth and moving forward, right now, most teams have more. So, Bringing back these thoughts earlier this year and the, the debate, you know, hey, we have other experts, quote unquote, saying the Rams could be a 10 win team. And we felt pretty good that they'd be better than they were. And I still think they are. But now, as with injuries, it's just, it's a house of cards. And the house of cards eventually fall down. It's just, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that it was, it would have been wise to go out there and try and, bring in more guys, you know, adopt and maybe give up a pick here and there. I forget the Vikings gave up, but no, you're trying to bring you more picks in. Six. Yeah, but they're trying to bring picks in. Even if it's a six, they're giving up. You're still trying to get more picks. Right now, you're a team trying to stockpile picks, not send any out. So, 
to what? Try and win when you're already a bad team? The Vikings have a shot. The Rams do the Rams have a shot in this division right now? Oh, yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, they're not out of it yet. I mean, I mean, let's be realistic. Seattle got blown out today, but they're still <laughs> they're still, you know, in a better position than the Rams are. You have the Niners, the Niners are gonna right the ship. I mean, those are two teams right now who on paper at least are better than them. To, in, in the NFC with with Dallas who wiped the fourth dome, Philadelphia who beat them, and they're getting better every game. You're you're telling me that right now you think the Rams would have a shot? They're not mathematically out of it. But we're are we being realistic or are we are we being idealistic? Ideally, this is where they could be. The math's not saying are we saying realistically, let's look at this look on paper right now. We have this guy hurt, we got this guy hurt, we got this guy hurt, and What's the point? It's kind of like, um, uh, let, me, let me throw the baseball reference out there. Okay, we had the yeah. Angels this year who were in first place at one point this year. They started to struggle a little bit. They decided at the deadline to not trade Shohei Otani and instead went for and brought in a couple guys. And now their farm system is even worse off than it was. They bombed the rest of the season and they're going to lose Shohei Otani anyways, probably. I mean, that's, that's the baseball equivalent of that kind of decision. You're going to just go get more guys and give up more what? That's what I'm arguing. Mind if I jump in? Please. Please. So I want to piggyback off of the tanking um, conversation. I think the average fan doesn't even understand holistically what that word means in sports. They really don't. And I'm going to clarify it. And we have a former player. Who can chime in on the show? Um, players don't tank, right, Mike? You're not going to go out there and play bad for some potential draft pick that could steal your job. Like that, that's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. Like when people say, "Oh, they're not tanking. The team's out there trying. They, they're playing their best." Well, of course they are. The players on the fields are their pay directly correlates to their the way they play. So it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Every player is going to go out there and play their best. Players don't tank. Front offices tank. Oh, my God. How do I not insult this fan base right now? I'm about to lose my mind because I keep seeing this crap all over the timeline on Twitter. Guys, watching the Rams not go out and do anything in backup QB and in putting these guys out there tells you everything you need to know. Not making a trade at the t- a trade deadline tells you everything you need to know. Not letting Stafford go out there tells you everything you need to know. Right? They're they're not going to make any moves because that's not the goal right now. The goal is to just start over. We won the Super Bowl. They tried to run it back one year later by bringing in Bobby Wagner and Allen and Allen Robinson. Okay. They tried, they came out, they weren't prepared and they weren't in shape. They partied a little too much with that Super Bowl win and they came out and the whole damn team got hurt and they went five and whatever. Okay. Simple as that. So they said, well, that didn't work. We're just going to blow it up. And they blew it up a year earlier than they could have went two routes in the off season. They could have doubled down. Or they could have blown it up a year early. They decided to blow it up a year early. Um, But tanking has to do with the front office. 
Mike, were you ever on a team in the NFL where you saw the moves being made on your roster and thought to yourself, hmm, what are these dudes up to? <laughs> yeah. you, come on, Mike. I know he's. I know what he's going to say because Mike and I have had this conversation before. I can't wait to hear this. Go, Mike. Go. Yep. Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's some some guys you just go, yeah. How are these guys in the league for sure? But I agree totally, Tom. That yeah. You don't go out there and tank and because again, if you have any type of 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 wherewithal about who you are as an individual, you're going to go out and compete. And the other thing is, at least back in the day, they would say, Hey man, our final cut was never made. So everything was always getting evaluated week in and week out because they wanted to see, hey, how hard are you gonna play? even though you know we don't really have the horses to probably win. The thing is, yeah, they don't want you to be a front runner. So they want to see if you're going to play hard week in, week out, practice hard. So totally agree with that. It's just unfortunate, as we, I think, can all agree, that when you see front offices doing certain things, you go, yeah, something's going wrong. But I, I most importantly, Hold on, is, Mike, I want to hear something from you on this. I, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm not trying to be rude in any kind of way, but I want to, I want to pinpoint something here. I sure. want you to, to bring back the Michael Stewart football brain. Go back to 1991, 1992, yeah. 1993. When, I know you left after the 93, right? So right. 91, 92, 93, even a little, maybe even a little bit of 90, but 91, 92, 93 specifically. What was that front office doing? especially as they weren't really exactly trying to win. And we all knew it. What were they doing? Uh, you would say they were tanking and they were trying to load up. What I couldn't figure out after the Eric Dickerson, you had all those picks, but it was like, we're not picking the right people. So there's an obvious conclusion that you come away with. Yeah. Are they really trying to win? It just didn't seem like it. I remember interviewing Jim Everett years ago on the show. Yeah. And the one thing he told me was he was in the war room with, with John Robinson on them. And they had the opportunity to take Michael Irvin and Thurman Thomas in that draft. Right. And they, they took Gaston green or somebody else. And, and, and right. cause he was a UCLA guy. And to think how that franchise would have been different if they had just taken Michael Irvin and Thurman Thomas when they were there. Right. And, and they didn't take them. Right. Sorry. I just wanted to kind of add context to what you're saying, because they literally did that with that trade. They, they had the opportunity to basically build for the next decade and they didn't do it. Right. But, you, yeah. you know, that was a good point you're making is because the guys that were running the show, Jay Zygmunt and uh, John Shaw, they were really all about uh, cost cutting. You know, so it, it was almost like, yeah, you didn't really maybe want to get a guy who was going to turn out to be a star because you're going to have to pay him a few years later, especially with free agency at that point, infancy. But then it was like, oh, OK, now we got to start paying guys. So, yeah, man, that's that's pretty crazy, though. But, man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the 91 roster. I mean, we had some guys, you know, you had Flip, Henry. 
Jamal Johnson, but then we had a guy like Jim Price. He was a rookie. You know, we we traded and we got Gerald Perry from Denver, Byrne Brostick. We had Tom Newberry, Do Love, Jackie Slater. So, you know, and defensively, Carl Wilson, you know, we called him the big youngin, Robert Young, you know, Al Wright, Kevin Green, of course, you know, Brett Farinez was starting, Larry Kelm, Strickland, Jerry, Daryl Henley, uh, shout out to him, pretty much is getting out here any day now, myself, Pat Terrell. But it was a number of other guys that you go like, okay, man, can these guys be a difference maker on any level? And it was just kind of like, you know, I don't know. Now, Tommy, what would you and 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 Derek, Tom, you you pretty much grew up in LA, right? LA area? Whole life. My whole yeah. life. 45 years. Now you've seen guys come and go. I'm convinced that when guys come to LA who supposedly can play, they get here. I'm just convinced that guys get caught up in the nightlife and the Hollywood blitz or something because literally I I just think there's 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 a different mentality you got to have to play in Los Angeles. It's too much to do. And guys seem like they're, they're more concerned about doing those things than playing football. What are your thoughts? I I think honestly, it has to um, go back to who you are as an individual. I'll give you an example. Like Robert Quinn um, was drafted by the St. Louis Rams. They relocated to Los Angeles. You know, he came with him, obviously he's a, he's a good old boy from the South. He did not like it here. I don't blame him. You know what I mean? It's too, there's too much concrete. There's too much noise. There's right. too much traffic. There's too much everything. And if you grew up in, in the country with, with, you know, Midwest manners and Southern hospitality and you come to LA, oof, boy, let me tell you, it's a culture shock and it's not for everyone. I, I, like I said, I grew up here my whole life. When I started traveling in telecommunications in my early twenties and traveling to parts of the country I've never been to. I got a rude awakening. I never realized how trashy people can be here because that's all I ever knew. Half the people here are garbage. Simple <laughs> as that. 50% of the people in Southern California are garbage human beings. It's it's a fact. I've been around them my whole life. Ain't got no damn manners. They're just <laughs> disgusting. And then you leave and you go to Montana and you go to Alabama and you go to, you know, so many different places. Florida. I went to so many different places. And I was shocked at how polite and nice and patient people were. It blew my mind. And then when I came home, I would have a dang anxiety attack because I would get in my car and everyone's driving like NASCAR <laughs> on the freeway, flipping right, each other off right, and I'd get used right. to it again. So I think it has a lot to do with where you come from and wh- what your background is. If you grew up in New York City your whole life and you come to L.A. to play football, you should be fine. I think it has a lot to do with, you know, your your values and where you grew up. Um, and, and if you're the kind of person that likes flashy things in the nightlife and you get millions of dollars in your bank account, you're probably going to go do that. And you got guys like Cooper cup who are just not interested in that garbage, you know? So even though he's rich, he's probably just going to still go to the spot and relax and play some video games. It's just, it, it is what it is, you know? Well, nonetheless, they weren't there today. They were in Green Bay, Green Milk right. Coast, Green <laughs> Bay. So I'm not sure LA is going to be much of a distraction in the next two weeks. I don't know that I agree totally in today's NFL. I mean, it is really much a job. And with the with the Rams coming back to LA, and they're not really—I don't really believe the Rams and 
Tommy, tell me if I'm wrong, please, please. I don't believe the Rams are kind of like looked at like in the same view as the Dodgers are, or even the Lakers are, despite the Lakers' issues of late. I, I don't, I don't know if they're viewed that way yet, to where players are, are going to take on the kind of that persona. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but it might end up being that way the longer they're there. But they've only been back, been back seven years, and I just don't see that kind of Hollywood view of the Rams now compared to you know, past years, past decades. But, no, I think that the Rams franchise being a vagabond, um, you know, nomad franchise, they're basically gypsies traveling all over the country, just taking their circus on the road. Um, if they would have stayed here in, in Los Angeles not, and never moved to Orange County and they had a different owner that had deeper pockets, the Rams would be on the same fan base level as the Lakers and the Dodgers because they, they might, were here first. And they might be again one day. It's just going to take time. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just going to take time. And the fact, you know, the, the the blackout rule messed up football in L.A. Um, a lot of reasons. There's a million reasons why. But we've, you know, we've gone over them a bunch of times. But um, I just, I don't want the, it, for the fans that are listening, I want you guys to just look at this season for what it is. And for what I looked at it when we started is it, it's a, it's a rebuilding year. We still have some, we still had some stars on our team, but if those guys weren't playing their best football and we didn't stay injury free, we're seeing what, how the season can derail and it's going the direction that I thought it would with injuries and, and whatnot. Um, just, just try to enjoy watching these, these young men grow together and, and win, lose or draw. Just, it's a process. We're fans. This is a marathon, not a sprint. I've been a fan for what thirty-seven years now, since I was eight years old. It's it's a lifetime situation here, so we can't really we can't be impatient. We just won a Super Bowl two years ago. We we, we should still be pretty pumped about that. Um, there's no guarantees that you know. Someone said on Twitter earlier, which drove me crazy, and and what I think. Sean McVay um, has done to this fan base has made them naively arrogant in saying things like, well, you know, this offseason, we're one draft away and free agency period and a couple, you know, of this or that from competing again. Well, so is half of the NFL, dude. Like anyone can say it. 15 teams right now can say that. Okay. They could easily say the same thing. You don't know that. We could go out and, and draft a bunch of terrible players and sign free agents that don't work out and do nothing. And then, and then Stafford retires, and we didn't draft a quarterback to supplement him at some point in the next year or two. Guess what? <laughs> We're screwed. So be careful. Like we, Yeah, we have an agenda, but it doesn't mean that agenda is going to work out. Let's hope it does. But let's not just sit here and pop our collar like we're the Rams. We're just automatically going to be good again to grow up. Stop with that, man. Let's just let's enjoy this season for what it is. And we we really killed the draft this year. We really did. And I haven't been able to say that for a long time. So I'm trying to find the silver lining here and not sound like a buzzkill. I'm enjoying what I'm watching, I know that might sound crazy to some people, but I'm looking at the individual battles. One thing I didn't enjoy today, though, was watching one of my favorite prospects 
defensive lineman Carl Brooks from a tiny little school called Bowling Green University completely own Steve Avila today. That was hard to watch. That's especially given how we feel about Steve Avila. (laughs) He's one of the best guards in the league. And this, and I can't believe that Carl Brooks fell to the sixth round to the Packers. I had him third at the, that he would go third at the lowest man. Wow. Boy, is he good. (laughs) All right. So we're going to talk about the game here in a moment. I know we're 25 minutes in the podcast and we're just not getting to the game, but before we do, you can talk about prize picks, their daily fantasy sports platform, the largest one in North America right now. They are the easiest, most exciting way to play DFS, just you against the numbers. So instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two six player stats, and you just watch the winnings roll in. So right now, though, it's kind of the big part because basketball season just got underway, and you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. It's a league created specifically for combo projections. That includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5-point combo of three points made plus receptions. You can take that shot. Want to play alongside some of the price favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Scholes? We can find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from the biggest names in the price community each week. So that's kind of the new thing that seems like a lot of fun. I know a couple guys here, especially this this Tommy guy who likes multiple sports. Maybe he wants to give that that whole combo thing a shot. But now Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insur- with an injury insurance policy. So. Want to test your skills? Go on over to prizepicks.com forward slash Rams Talk and use the code Rams Talk for a first deposit match up to $100. So that's a $200 shot right there. One more time, go to prizepicks.com forward slash Rams Talk and use the code Rams Talk for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Move right back with a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys. Let's let's look at these stats. It's not pretty. Okay, heads up. It's not just not pretty. It's, it's ridiculously ugly. So. 
First downs, Packers 21, Rams 10. That was brutal. Uh, 7 to 14. Third down efficiency for the Packers. That's pretty bad for the Rams. That's one area they struggled today. 514 for the Rams themselves. Uh, 391 total yards for the Packers, 187 for the Rams. 68 total plays for the Packers, 55 for the Rams. Rams average 3.4 yards average game per play. Rushed for only 68 yards. Wasn't for not trying. They, they attempted 26 times. 184 yards rushing for the Packers. 207 yards passing for the Packers. 119 for the Rams. Average yards per pass, 6.9 to 4.1 for the Rams. One thing the Rams did well today, they got to they got to Jordan Love, sacked him four times. They did some things, they did some good things today. Overall, though, they lost a fumble. Packers lost two. Hurt the Rams. So I think in the end more. A Packers time position, 35 minutes and 16 seconds to 24-44. Overall, the big one that the one that hurts the most right now, Rams 13 to 28 passing 119 yards. A Cooper Cup one catch, I believe. Is that right, guys? Was it Cooper Cup with one catch? Pretty sure. Sorry, two catches. Two catches for Cup, three for Puka, and 32 yards rushing overall for Royce Freeman to lead their team. Um, ugly. Ugly offensive performance. So, I mean, guys, is there even anything else to say on top of what we've said? I guess if I, I want to throw it out there, I thought the defense, given Pretty much zero help from the offense today. I thought the defense played well. I wasn't. They made mistakes. Don't get me wrong. They they made their share mistakes, um, but I thought over overall they played pretty well. They just kind of wore down as the game as the game went on. Um, so I think when I'm looking at the overall issues. It's your offense with a third string quarterback who probably doesn't belong in the NFL. Mike. No, I agree. I mean, the stats are the stats and. You know, even if the stats are blowing, uh, they're off the charts, doesn't necessarily mean it was a good game or the team won. But, you know, again, uh, you make a great point and observation regarding the defense just kind of being out there. But when you're playing that kind of defense, you have to do the best you can to get three and out and try to get off the field as soon as you can. because if you're on the field and you know the offense is pretty much going three and out or you're not helping yourself at all. So, um, again, I think Tommy hit on it. You know, some of the silver lining is, you know, you're seeing some guys that are developing. Uh, but it's just, again, my 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 thought process, regardless, is you got a guy who's a D coordinator, has been good at what he's done. Uh, has been a head coach. You got Sean McVay, you know, one of the bright offensive minds. It just seems, even though we say, yeah, you know, four and 13, you know, five and 13, maybe they get six wins. Yes and no. But, you know, you had a guy like uh, receiver uh, Puka, you know, develop into a pretty legit receiver. But, you're only getting three rocks for 32 yards, and that's that's not doing much. And if you're Cooper Cub, hey, I got two receptions for 48. Yeah, that's not going to do too much either. So, uh, you just got to take our lumps right now, man. Tom, what do you think? 
Taking lumps all day, every day. That's what we do, buddy. We got a bye week coming up. That's nice. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. You yeah, know? coming at the right time. Is that the, or, you know, went over the the actual schedule coming coming up after the break. You know, we went over it on Friday Friday's show, and and they have some tough matches coming up. They're not impossible matches, but they're tough matchups against playoff contenders and. And, you know, some of those contenders are playing really well right now, like Baltimore. Uh, has their second straight blowout, annihilating Seattle today. Blowing out playoff teams, by the way. Blowing out teams that are going, that are right now in position to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, Detroit and Seattle. So that's coming up. That looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah, and you need Matt Stafford back in there. You need your right tackle back in play. You need, you need some of these guys who are hurt back in there. And, you know, then you got your shot, but I'm still of the feeling that this is not going to be that 10 win team that a few experts out there predicted. This isn't, you know, I'm going to, I don't think there are, well, Tommy, actually what I was thinking during the game, watching this, and I, I was thinking, man, Tommy's right. And, and what I'm saying you're right about was you mentioned last week that if Matt Stafford doesn't play again this year. They don't win again this year. They won't win another game. And after watching that today against a two and five Green Bay team, I can't help but one hundred percent agree with with Stafford in the lineup. He's probably good for what three more wins, maybe ish, three wins ish. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? We'll do it. We'll do a show next week on that too. Since we'll be at the halfway point, we can look go over the rest of the schedule and figure that out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's the way you know he'll get. You know, we could, I, I'm I'm seeing some debate: is Stafford washed up? Is Stafford this? I don't think he's washed up, but he's also not the same guy he was ten years ago. So you're not, he's not going to go. He's not going to win you every game on his arm alone, but he's going to win you three games. With his guys, with Cooper Cup out there, with Pukunuku out there, Kyron Williams should be back soon too. I mean, they they'll be able to compete and stay in games and win a few of these games. But I don't, I just don't see them being a team that's going to go win nine, ten games this year. And you have you know the hard that schedule we're coming up. You know, Cleveland's coming up and Cleveland's playing playing well. Their defense is just nasty, and you got Baltimore coming in. So right now, looking at this team and. Uh, Going to Green Bay, losing in Green Bay isn't the shocker. Uh, losing badly today wasn't the shocker. It's just, it's not this year. And by the way, I would argue a little bit, Tommy, about the point when we were you know, one draft away, one year away. Uh, given the depth issues on this team, I tend to think it's probably two years away. I mean, they, they, who are you arguing with? Because you're not arguing with me. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm arguing. <laughs> I don't know if you're arguing that or not. I'm, I'm kind of arguing just in general. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that given I didn't say the, that. all the blown drafts they've had and the lack of first round picks, it takes time to restock talent. And I don't think that one year of picks stockpile is going to do it. You got to reload it from top to bottom. And, I, I, you know, then you have your money, you, you, that you're bringing back in the fold after this year, the 75 million in dead cap. And I just don't think it's going to be a one year fix. I think it's, they're trying to build for the long term. And if people are thinking you can turn around right away, I'm not sure I want them to turn around right away. If you get my draft, I think if you try and 
come out there and just throw a bunch of money at the problem, it's not going to fix anything long term. It reminds me of the, old, of the Redskins teams from the early 2000s. They just threw a bunch of money at it and thought it might work if they didn't. So, yeah, I mean, Dallas like, has been doing that for years. I mean, when we traded for, it's simple as this. When we traded for Stafford, he was already on the backside of his career. And I'm not talking about how many years he's played in the league, not just that, but how much of a beating he's taken. He's not Brady. He's not playing until he's 45. It's just not going to happen. Okay. So when we, when we traded for him, it was, hey, we're in, let's go. And we won the Super Bowl the first year. And then the very next year, we're like, run it back. Boom, let's go get Wagner and out and uh, Robinson. Boom, that didn't work. Everybody got injured. Everyone wasn't ready. Boom, okay. Stafford's now another year older. And what do you do? You blow the team up. And then you also sign Stafford to a contract that keeps him under contract through 2027. Really didn't think that through, did you? I don't know. I don't think they expect him to play the whole contract out. I really don't. It doesn't matter. I think that's why they gave him the contract. Why'd they give him the contract then? Because why, they, did, why they, didn't they, they give they him a shorter to, deal? Because they want him to retire as a Ram, no matter what he does it. I don't, I he don't think. going anywhere, no matter what. I don't, I don't think he plans on playing till 2027. I know his wife doesn't nobody, want to play till 2027. <laughs> nobody thought he did. So my point is, why would you give it to him? Because you want his terms. They want, they, they're going to want him there. Because this, they're this a could cave be bad. front office. They cave I, I every I, single time. I think they cave they, the Jalen their Ramsey. plan is to bring in a quarterback. They're, they're going to draft the quarterback, and they're going to want to de- and that quarterback to develop under him, and eventually that quarterback takes over. I think that's the plan. Now, I've been wrong before. But if that's the case, you want that guy to develop under Stafford, you're going to want to have Stafford there for a couple of years. Yeah, so but you guys... You got to remember, though, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If he keeps taking licks, that's what's going to be the, the shortcoming and in, in shorty, shortening of a career. If you're not taking licks, remember, Brady, the reason why he kind of was able to play, he wasn't really getting hit like some of these quarterbacks get hit. You know, quick whistle. They always had a line that dude is getting the ball out. But Matthew, he's been taking like some licks. And so that's the thing with Shorten's careers is not so much, you know, other things. But, yeah, man, you get back there, you keep getting hit. Because remember, Tom, we we agree uh, some of those hits, even though they go in the blue tent, they're probably still concussions. But they're like, oh, he can go back in the game, you know. Yeah, we know. All all those licks are are, are (laughs) adding up. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's a lot of, in my opinion, financial. I'm a little bit more frugal when it comes to that type of stuff. So my my thinking's a little bit differently when when it comes to giving out contracts. You know, I'm like, I just traded for you. Uh, I mean, I could go back and look at how many years were left on his deal that he had when he got here, but I wouldn't have gave him that many years. I would have said, bro, you're not playing that long. Let's be honest here, young man. How long are you gonna play? Let's sit down and talk about this for a minute here. What's what's the goal? You know, and go from there because I'm not just gonna be handing out money and I'm not gonna be trading. Listen, you're running a business, you're not running a charity. If Jalen Ramsey was if, if I'm telling you, if I'm telling Jalen Ramsey I'm trading you, and he goes, Well, I want to pick where I want to be traded, I'd have laughed in his face. Like, what do you think this is, dude? 
What do you think this is? A charity? No. I'm trading you to the highest bidder. I don't care. But they want to they be friends with everybody. Listen, I'm not friends with all my coworkers. Just not. This is, we're running a business here. We're not running a charity. Not, not, I'm not going to be liked by everybody at work. But I will tell you this. I'm going to get shit done. As simple as that. You know, and, and Les Need wants everyone to be his buddy. And, and, and Tony Pastors. One, everyone, uh, they don't want no one mad at him. Here, yeah, take this money. Even if you're not going to be on our team in two years, take this money. You know, I'm just, I'm different in that aspect. That's just me, but whatever. All right. Hey, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Start with Mike. Enjoy the bye week, everyone. It's <laughs> going to be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's it. Okay. <laughs> Tommy? Yeah, I'm going to enjoy my bye week getting surgery and then my son's getting surgery the same week. So it's couldn't have been at a better time, I guess you would say. But, you know, everyone just. If you had high hopes coming into this season, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I didn't. I was living, just breaking this team down, understanding it from top to bottom. Um, I try not to be an emotional fan anymore. Um, it's exhausting, to be honest with you. It really is. And maybe I'm just different at my age than I was, you know, 15 years old or 25 or 35. Um, I know guys that are older than me that are fans that are still the kind of I'll throw a beer at my TV over a game. I, I don't. That's not me. I'm sorry. I I've I just don't let these types of things rattle me anymore. I don't like losing, but I'm not going to let it ruin my day either. And none of you guys should either. I'm I'm not going to tell you how to react, but just protect your blood pressure. Okay, it's not that serious. <laughs> it really isn't. But enjoy your guys' week, everybody. And we're going to come back next week with a show, a, a bi-week show. Um, we'll break down the rest of the season and what we think is going to happen. We'll give a a healthy prediction and a realistic prediction. Healthy means if all of our players are healthy, do we think we could win these games? And then so on and so forth. But just try to try to enjoy your week, guys. Have fun. Life is short. On my end, I'd say, you know, take there are some posits here, especially looking at the defense. So, you know, look at the pass rush they had today against Jordan Love. That was that was nice to see, four sacks. Uh, there are some positive takes from it. Look at the things you're trying to develop for next year. And, hey, pay attention to college football because uh, the Rams are going to have a top 10 pick this year unless things change dramatically. And one of those guys is going to be your first-round pick. So second-round picks, they have a full slate coming in. Start looking there as well. Get the get that scout on, as Tommy would say, and let's uh, look forward to the full NFL season, not just September to December to January. They got a full year, and let's watch this rebuild because again, that's what it is, and watch it go right. So there you go. There's my last thoughts on follow us on social media at Talkrams on X. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter X at DC Paul Tommy at Ram Tommy in LA and of course Mike at one do 23 and until next time we're out of here have a great one and man time to take some 
ibuprofen. We're out here.